we're finding that given that we've defined our values and we care about CSR, we care about the environment in the work that we do, One Pack, One Planet, and equality, diversity, and inclusion, that recruitment is attracting people who say, well, I could go to Villa, who are in Europe, but actually I want to come to Wolves because I really believe in what you're doing and it, it resonates with me. Um, so I think the brand has become more attractive and stronger and people do comment about that now. Hello and welcome back to the Football Business Podcast brought to you by Football Business Insight. In this episode, we're taking you back to an engaging live interview at our recent EPIN events in Vienna. The conversation is between Zoe Broth, the HR director from Whoops Epsi, and Clemens Hinterdorfer, a people and culture expert. Zoe shared her unique journey transitioning from the music industry to the world of football and at Whoops Epsi. Before joining Whoops, there were no established HR department. Upon her arrival, the focus shifted to implementing best HR practices and making the whole application process more efficient. As a result, these strategies really strengthened WOPS, giving them a competitive edge over regional competitors. So with no further ado, let's get the ball rolling. It's a great honor, Zoe, that we can start off this conference with the first session of the day. Um, so we welcome you here in Vienna. Um, you're the HR director of Wolverhampton Wanderers, um, so we know that already. What we probably don't know is an interesting personal fact about you. Zoe is currently running for prostate cancer awareness, and she's running five kilometers a day to, to, uh, during the whole of October. Um, and I think you already enjoyed a run in, in Vienna, right? Yes, so I was aware that today is quite a long day, starting early, finishing late. So I did my run yesterday morning before I boarded the flight here. And then when I landed, I decided to do today's run last night, which was a great way to explore the city on foot. Um, and uh, yes, I, I did 10 yesterday, but my club said that was okay. That's brilliant. Um, all right, Zoe, so um, you're the HR director now of Wuhan Wanderers, but you started your career off a little different. You've been in sales and in store management. Can you tell us how that early experience kind of paved the way for your career and, 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 and the things you learned along the way? Yes, yeah, so um, football is one of my loves, but music also. And um, when I finished university, I was lucky enough to work for a record store. Um, those of you that might know HMV Records, it's still in existence now. Um, and I worked my way up the chain, if you like. Um, but even as a sales assistant, I was always asked to train and recruit the Christmas temporary staff. So they must have seen something in me. Um, and then when I became a store manager, um, that was imperative to make sure that we had the right staff in the right place at the right time. So retail operations is good grounding, I think, for football. It's pacey. Um, you know, we have customers that, that, you know, we have a fan base, we have customers, and we, we want to satisfy them. So I think that experience, uh, nearly 10 years in retail, was good grounding. And then uh, I decided to change and do something different and then went into executive search. So for a time, I was recruiting um, HR professionals, headhunting them. 
And that gave me a taste for HR itself, and I decided to go back to school and, and take a master's degree in human resources management. Brilliant. And, and then how did you end up at Manchester City as an HR manager, and, and like, where did you then finally um, um, get into Wolves? How did you get uh, into Wolves being an HR director? Yeah, sure. So... A little known fact about me, I worked in my local football club when I was 15. So uh, my hometown is Rotherham United. You may or may not know that. They're in the UK Championship. And in the 90s, it was commonplace for kids, 14, 15, to work in a football club on the turnstiles. Uh, so I had a Saturday job doing that. Never did I think, as an adult, I would have a career in football. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting because as a female, why wouldn't I want to work in football? But that's another uh, topic for another day, I guess, because um, more and more females are entering the sport in the non-football side. Um, so how did I get to Man City? Well, I was working in fashion retail e-commerce as an HR advisor, and I couldn't get promoted to the next level. There just wasn't an opportunity, okay. and I'm quite an ambitious person. So I just signed up with an HR recruitment agency who uh, were looking for opportunities for me because obviously they would make a little bit of money okay. from that client. Um, and they put me forward for a role at Manchester City Football Club. At the time, they were looking for an HR manager and they, they tried to find a suitable person and they couldn't find one. So I went along to the interview um, and was successful and uh, couldn't believe it. It felt like my life was going to change. Uh, it felt really exciting and, um, yeah, made a start yeah. in 2015. And then in 2018, you, got, you, you changed to Wolverhampton Wanderers, then in second division. And how, did you, how was the club when you, when you came and, and how did you start changing the recruitment within the club? Yeah, sure. So what was actually really heartwarming when I resigned from City Football Group, um, a lot of the staff came up to me to say, we hear that you're going to Wolverhampton Wanderers. We hear that's such an amazing club. You're going to have a good time. And um, had lots of complimentary messages about the club. So even though the club had been up and down the leagues and a double relegation in, in, in recent memory from the championship to League One, um, it was on the up. So some new owners and new ownership in 2016. Um, a manager with lots of credibility, Nuno Espirito Santo, and some key players that had come to the championship, like Ruben Neves, Diogo Jota. So there, with that, the club was sitting at the top of the championship. And Man City had actually played Wolverhampton Wanderers in one of the Cups and had gone out on penalties. And I remember everyone at Manchester City saying, whoa, Wolves, they're going places. And so it felt right. Um, when I got to the club, there was a lot of passion to do the right thing, but actually there wasn't an HR department. So for me, it was a real opportunity to come in and put in a lot of best practice and some governance to make recruitment fair and consistent and for us to get the right people. Okay, so um, you came in, not really any base for you to, to work on, kind of, and um, so... Some or many football clubs, from my experience, they, they hire people they know, they, they look in their network, 
how was that at Wolves and, and did you change something about it? Yeah, so I can understand why that happens. Um, football's a really niche sector, isn't it? And a lot of the time you want people into the club really quickly. Things, you know, priorities strong and it's moving really fast. So there is a temptation to call on the network and say, oh, I know someone who'd be good for that physio role. Um, but we wanted the perception to be that the club was fair and getting the right people. So I just brought in some governance, which was, first of all, seeking recruitment approval centrally so that we know what roles there are. And then making sure that those roles are advertised for a particular time period um, and, and looking at where so that we can catch the biggest pool of talent. And also making sure rather than just someone submitting a CV, we think about safer recruitment and safeguarding of our, of our children and vulnerable adults in the club. Let's have an application form with standardised information. So at each of those touch points, we're making sure that there's an understanding between the person applying and the people internally that, you know, we have this particular way of working. And also having a really um, comprehensive job description and person specification as well. So that it's really clear what we're looking for and who we want, what skill set. And also that's an opportunity for us to talk about our values, that we have those and what we're looking for and that we do prioritise safe recruitment and that we do care about equality, diversity and inclusion. And so you implemented all these things quite quickly then, but how, how was it received by the club staff who, who would now have to um, work in a much longer uh, process? Um, how, did they, how did they receive it? I'm not going to lie, no one likes filling in forms, do they? No. Um, and given that club didn't have a lot of auth automation, it was unfortunately a lot of PDFs and Word documents to complete. Um, and <laughs> certain managers just, you know, on the football side, you know, it, it, it took a little bit of convincing. Um, but for me, it always starts with the why. So why are we doing it? What's the outcome going to be? And it's, it's a little bit of influencing there. Um, and what HR doesn't want to be perceived as is a bit of a blocker, someone putting hoops to jump through and stopping progress. So I could understand why this was going to perhaps to some, yeah. not all managers, some really welcomed the governance, some really welcomed process and a consistent policy. I mean, everybody's different, aren't they? They have different uh, motivators at work. So um, that's, really, that's really cool, I think. Um, and it comes, comes, does it come down to, to a lot of communication as well? Yeah, so my style in HR, and I'm fortunate enough now to have a team as well, because it was just me for a certain period of time, which was quite exhausting, but I did it for the love of it. Um, it's really important that we are not locked away in an office. We, we get out and about into the stadium itself, into the training ground, over to the warehouse. We're visible. We're, we're pals with the staff. You know, we don't want it to be us and them. Um, so good HR, I think, fosters those good relationships, creates that collaborative culture. Um, and yeah, it, just, it does take time because when you're a brand new department and people have done things like they've always done, yeah. you've got to convince them that this new way perhaps is going to be better for the club and none of us are bigger than the club, right? Yeah, and, and it needs to be better for the club, yeah. yeah. But 
How was it better for the club? How did it influence the club in a positive way? What, what, what are the outcomes? Oh, many. So, obviously in the Midlands, we've got a lot of clubs, right? We've got Villa, West Brom, Leicester, you know, uh, Stoke. We're competing all the time for the best talent and, and that talent can give us that competitive edge all the time. So... We're finding that given that we've defined our values and we care about CSR, we care about the environment in the work that we do, One Pack, One Planet, and equality, diversity, and inclusion, that recruitment is attracting people who say, well, I could go to Villa, who are in Europe, but actually I want to come to Wolves because I really believe in what you're doing and it, it resonates with me. Um, so I think the brand has become more attractive and stronger and people do comment about that now. Um, so it's out there. So that's really positive. Um, managers are really appreciative that there's one process um, and actually they can learn, they can improve their skills. So um, when we coach them on how to hire, what questions to ask, um, how to make an open question a really powerful question, how to delve and get confident about the person. Um, so they're enjoying that. Um, and of course, that then makes the culture um, a really winning culture. I've talked about collaboration, but people feel that they can come to Wolves and be authentic, their authentic selves, yeah. because they've talked about um, how the values resonate with themselves, how equality resonates with them at interview. So they're set up to come into the club and thrive, and that's what we hope. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, you talked about equality, um, diversity, and inclusion. Um, how do you make sure you... you you, you kind of check for that in the, in the uh, process and you make sure it's fair and people also feel it's fair in the recruitment process? Yeah, sure. So um, it's really important that, um, as I say, we're fair and consistent and we're, we're casting the net really wide. So we're advertising our roles in as many different places as possible. Um, so we make sure that Our applications are diverse. We've trialed blind recruitment, so we take, we've taken the names off the application forms and just given the managers the information about the person. Um, we trialed that, and that, that was really interesting, and it made people really think. Um, and then, as I say, we have really fair measures in uh, hiring, so each... Uh, recruitment campaign, there's a scoring sheet, there's um, more than one person on the panel at all times and there's multiple stages. So it's not one person in a room, one interview, one day making a decision. It's okay, there's a screening session with two people, maybe via Teams for the long list. Then we're inviting people to come in uh, and meet with a different panel. Uh, there'll probably be a task. And then the third would be two more people. Uh, so it's usually a minimum, uh, sorry, a maximum of, of three stages um, because we feel that that gives the candidate the chance to show themselves on, on multiple different days and also for the club to feel that, they're, that we've made the right choice and we've yeah. been fair and consistent and obviously we compare notes and scoring. Okay, so 
the process is really ensuring you get the best persons for the job, no matter where they come from or, or what they believe in. Correct. Um, how does it influence the business's performance? Well, I think um, if you've got a diversity of staff, then you've got a diversity of thought, haven't you? And studies do show that uh, businesses become more successful and more lucrative um, by having that um, diversity of, of people from different walks of life, from different experiences, different backgrounds. If we just hire in our own image, we're probably just going to get the same. Yeah. Um, so, and I would say at Wolves, we're not where we want to be in terms of our diverse mix. Um, but what we do do is uh, equality monitor our staff each year. So we understand perhaps where we're underrepresenting people. Yeah. Um, and we know that. And then that feeds then into our mission one pack, which is our equality strategy for the three years to come. Brilliant. Um, let me just ask you, I mean, you're a big club, lots of revenue um, compared to, to clubs in Austria, for example. What advice would you give an Austrian club with less money? Um, how could they kind of easily um, do, manage to do some quick wins when it comes down to recruiting? Yeah, so I would say um, come up with a process, no matter how simple, and stick to it. Just have some consistency, um, have some key processes, because uh, once you've put them in, they're in then, aren't they? Um, and really focus on what it is you want to achieve. So I guess it would be about collaboration with the key, key people in the club and explaining the why. Why is this going to be better yeah, for yeah. us? And how important is the owner's backing in this process? Oh, it's key. You know, we say that culture starts from the very top, doesn't it? Um, if we've got values and behaviours, then you want to see those being role modelled from the very top. Otherwise, staff will see through that, won't they? Yeah. And do you think it's it's possible for a smaller club to to to, to go as diverse as you guys are with the recruiting? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, You know, doing a staff survey doesn't take very long. Um, understanding where you may have some underrepresentation, and it's just about getting out into the community. Um, you know, having a stand at a careers fair, or you know, talking to fans. Um, and yeah, there's there's so many quick wins, right? Um, happy to talk to people after this or in the future. Um, yeah. So perfect. I understand we've got two minutes left. Okay. So could you probably wrap up your your main points that, that people could probably go out and, and start doing them tomorrow? Yeah, sure. So I think you've got to understand together what it is you're trying to achieve with recruitment. Uh, where do you want to take the club in the short term and perhaps the longer term? And then it's just defining some key principles Uh, building them into a, a, a process and, and sticking to them and actually challenging each other if, if perhaps someone wants to cut a corner. Um, and it's about that consistency and that communication. I can't stress that, that enough, really. Uh, and you will see uh, those fruits grow. Uh, it takes a while because if you've always done something in a certain way, um, you know, change can be uncomfortable, can't it? We all understand that. But I'd say go for it and you can really make some positive change. Brilliant. So thank you very much, Zoe. Thank you for your insights. Thank you for being here.
It was Thanks a real pleasure. Thank you.